and welcome to the second episode of More is Afraid of the Dark, but not really the podcast. Today's episode is entitled The Tale of the Phantom Cab. Welcome back to the second episode of More is Afraid of the Dark, but not really podcast, the podcast where I summarize each and every episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Today is special as I will be summarizing the very first episode of the series, The Tale of the Phantom Cab. Here's a fun fact for you all. Are You Afraid of the Dark first aired in Canada in 1990 with The Tale of the Twisted Claw, which aired as a Halloween special. So in fact, this episode is only the first episode to air in the U.S., not in Canada. The Twisted Claw is the fourth episode in season order. So without further ado, let's get started. Tonight, we're in for a treat. A spot is opened up in the Midnight Society, and David has brought his homeboy, Frank Moore. Frank is actually the only character in the Midnight Society to get a last name, uh, but more on that later. Frank is the hot bad boy from the other side of the tracks, somewhere in the greater Toronto area. I uh, put a lot of jokes about them being Canadian because they're Canadian and I find it hilarious. David guides Frank into the clearing as Frank is completely blindfolded, as the Gary tells us his monologue. This monologue would turn into a giant lie that would be unveiled over the seasons. It's the monologue I talked about last time. And of course, that monologue is, we're called the Midnight Society. Separately, we're very different. We like different things. We go to different schools, and we have different friends. But one thing draws us together, the dark. Each week, we gather around this fire to share our fears and our strange and scary tales. It's what got us together, and it's what keeps us bringing us back. This is a warning to all who join us. You're gonna leave the comfort of the light and step into the world of the supernatural. So David walks Frank into the clearing, and they all kind of gather around him. And this is what I believed everyone thought or said when they first saw Frank. He's perfect, David. He will do just fine, the Gary. Yeah, he'll be a good match for me, Kiki. I think he's hot, Kristen. I wouldn't let him near my yacht unless it was as a servant, Eric. Hey, Frank, I like to breakdance. You should come watch me sometime, Betty Ann. I have this weird thing where I just assume Betty Ann was a breakdancer. I get really into it at some points, and then I get kind of philosophical, but you can just ignore that part of the podcast. Anyways, in this story, we're introduced to a recurring character that Frank creates called Dr. Vink with a va va va, and he's totally not a nutbag, but possibly homeless, or maybe a vagabond because he seems to go from being a witch doctor to a chef to a pirate treasure connoisseur. He lives a very complicated life, and I respect that because, you know, he's a villain, But he's like an anti-villain at the same time, because if you play by his rules, then nothing bad will happen to you. So I guess he's kind of like Ursula in a way, because Ursula was really just a landlord looking to get paid, wasn't she? So Frank sits down at the storyteller's chair and begins. The story is about two brothers, Denny and Buzz. Denny is the older, cooler brother with an attitude. I think he is the white Frank with the cut-off sleeves and the badass attitude. He's uh, very much a teenager. Buzz is the younger of the two, and he is kind of an idiot, but is good at riddles. That part will come in handy later. Anyways, for whatever reason, they decided to go on a hike through the woods. Maybe they wanted some fresh air, or possibly they got locked out of the house. That happened to me. My three-year-old niece locked the door handle, 
and then my mom went to take her back home, and I was locked out for like two hours. It was the worst experience ever. At any rate, they are now lost in the woods and cannot find their way back to town, which is odd considering that they walked halfway into the woods, so you'd think logically they'd have to walk the other way out. Oh yeah, it turns out Buzz was holding the compass next to his belt buckle, which is metal. And well, since compasses are magnets, you can now see why they are lost. So they be walking and come across a dude named Flynn. Now, Flynn seems like a normal dude at first, you know, really helpful and friendly, um, but we'll run into him a little bit later. Flynn tells the boys to go see the good doctor, and they ask him for help. Well, Buzz, is, Buzz asks him for help. Denny, he kind of just threatens him. Denny's one of those kids that just basically tells everyone he's going to pound them. Kind of like Frank, I imagine, at this point in his life. So Flynn leaves... So Flynn leads the boys to the good doctor's house. When they arrive in front of the doctor's house, they are greeted by bushes. I like that the bushes are actually laughing at them. They're almost setting it up to be like, ha ha ha, you aren't going to leave this house alive. I would have left the house at that point and taken my chances hitchhiking a ride back to town, but this isn't my story. It is Frank's, and Frank wants into the Midnight Society, so we'll let him have this one. Anyways, Dr. Vink tells the brothers he is a natural scientist. I find this very interesting because I was forced to take a natural science to get my undergrad degree. For whatever reason, a natural scientist title confuses Buzz, and Dr. Vink must dumb it down for them. He tells them he studies flora and fauna. That is a crafty way to say plants. He decides that rather than helping them, he will ask them a series of riddles to see if they are worthy enough to use his phone, which looks out of date like the 1940s, and if memory serves me correctly, I'm pretty sure it was a rotary phone, so if that was me, I'd be royally screwed. If you've ever watched uh, Melissa Flores's Twitch streams where we play Jackbox Party, particularly Murder House, or I guess it's called Murder Trivia Party. One of the like side games that you play when you die is called Phones, and it involves rotary phones, and I cannot for the life of me dial a rotary phone. I blame it on my stubby fingers. So Vink throws the first couple riddles at them, and they're very easy for Buzz to solve. Then Vink poses another riddle to determine if they can use his phone. This is the riddle. What can you see with the naked eye that when put into a barrel will make the barrel lighter? Uh, seems easy enough, right? Well, Buzz gives out a series of answers that are not correct. And at this point in the story, we are brought back to the Midnight Society. We learn one of the rules, which is apparently you cannot have unsolvable riddles in your story as it's seen as cheap. Um, I thought the rule was going to be there are no rules, but then I remembered this isn't Fight Club, it's Are You Afraid of the Dark, and they're the Midnight Society, so they don't beat each other senseless, other than beating each other senseless in mind games. So admittedly, the riddle seemed impossible to solve. But then again, when I first watched this, I was eight years old at the time, so yeah. They all believe that it cannot be solved, except Betty Ann. She is like, maybe it can be solved. Plus, I kind of think she's the only one who has a functioning brain half the time. Frank tells them to shut it so he can finish his story. Because Frank's a badass. And Frank does what Frank wants. So we go back to the story. Buzz gives a couple of guesses. And they are wrong. So Dr. Vink tells them to wait for a cab outside. 
buzzing in, you're like, um, sure, like a cab is going to come into the woods. Little did they know a cab would be coming for them. So remember how I said we would mention Flynn again? This is where that comes in. A cab pulls up, and the cab number on the cab is 2222222, which I wonder if that was the inspiration for the Hawaiian cab company's phone number of 4222222. That's a real number. If you call it, you'll get like uh, a taxi service in Hawaii. Frank DeLima, who's a Hawaiian comedian, actually dresses up like as an old granny and sings the song. It's quite hilarious. They get in, no questions asked, and tell the driver their parents will pay them, pay him when they get home. The driver turns out to be Flynn, the guy from earlier. Only now he is dead. What a shocker! So Flynn starts driving erratically, and he tells them he thought that they could solve the riddle. But they did not, so now they are doomed to die, like all the others. Remember the laughing bushes outside? But here's the twist. They have until they crash into a tree to solve it. And with this being on Nickelodeon, Buzz eventually solves the riddle. One answer he gave that didn't make any sense was helium because you can't see helium as it's a gas. Uh, and then he went through a series of other really horrible answers. So it turns out that the answer that Buzz correctly guessed was a hole. Because think about it, you can see a hole with the naked eye. If you put a hole in a barrel, it'll make it lighter. So that was the answer. At this point, they're literally seconds away from hitting a tree. Flynn turns back to the boys and says, get ready for the impact. It's going to be great. Buzz says, I got it. I know the answer. And Denny's all like, then say it, just say it. And Buzz says, it's a hole. It's a hole that you put in the barrel. You can see it with the naked eye and it'll make it lighter. And just like magic, they don't hit the tree and they end up on the ground. And while everybody in the Midnight Society but Betty Ann doubted it, I say, take that, Eric. This riddle could be solved. It just took a little bit of brain power. A park ranger comes over and finds the kids on the ground. And he brings them to the ranger station to be reunited with their parents. The parents of Denny and Buzz obviously care more about them than the parents of the Midnight Society. I mean, their parents did not question where they went at midnight. Canada must be a safe place to hang out in the woods. I mean, to their credit, they do roam in groups, so there is that. If I were a member, I wonder which group I would be assigned to. I would want to be on Team Kiki and Betty Ann, but that's just me. So anyways, Frank's story ends. So once Frank ends his story, it's Gary's time to shine. He reminds us, and the Midnight Society, that the vote must be unanimous for Frank to get in. Gary goes in a circle and starts with the sponsor, David. Then to Kiki, Kristen, Betty Ann, myself, um, because I've decided that yes, I am a member of the Midnight Society, damn it. And finally, Eric. Eric was reluctant in voting Frank into the Midnight Society, but considering Frank could pound him, made the correct choice and gave a thumbs up. They are they welcome Frank to the group, and he is finally able to take off the blindfold to see who the Midnight Society is. There's a big round of applause. Well, not really, because it's the woods and it's a secret society. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the first episode to air in the U.S. of Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's right, the tale of the Phantom Cab. Now, the summary portion of this is pretty short. It's about 11 minutes. But let's get into the section I like the most, Morris Thoughts. This was a good first episode and a great story, as told by my future ex-fiancé, Frank Moore. Yeah, I have a bit of a crush on Frank. 
because he's hot. This episode had everything a good story needs. A great villain, two feuding brothers, and a surprise ending. Dr. Vink was a really good character in my opinion. Very versatile. Because in this episode, he's like a witch doctor, but... In the next episode we see him in, he's a chef. And Nev Campbell is actually a guest star in that episode. Anyways, here's some things that I thought about while watching this episode. Number one, I'm curious as to the length of time each member has as a member. Does Gary say, you're a member for life, or once you move away, you can no longer speak about us? Who knows? I'm also curious how long each member had to come up with their initiation story because theoretically they meet every Saturday at midnight, or whatever day of the week it is. Who knows? Do they? Did David tell Frank, oh, you have a month to come up with a kick-ass story? Or was it more of Frank, meet me in the woods this Saturday, and Frank had like 10 minutes to create this story? Who knows? The second thought I had was Gary obviously takes his job super serial. Um, when the series first started, Gary was very serious. He didn't seem to have any other kind of personality. He didn't seem like a fun character to hang out with, yet he had these friends. And so he must have been a really good storyteller. And in fact, David, in one episode, even mentioned that he thought Gary was one of the best. My third thought is, is there a quota for members? Or does Gary just decide how many people can join the society at a time. Um, the reason I wonder this is because obviously there's X amount of seats around the campfire. However, in some episodes you'll see Betty Ann or Kiki or someone else sitting on the ground and not on one of the logs. So that's interesting. And my last thought, uh, listeners, is what did you think about the riddle? It makes complete sense that it is a hole. As you can see a hole, and if you put it in a barrel, it would make the barrel lighter. So logically, that is a really good answer. And something I don't think a lot of people would think about. You know, a lot of people go the original route that Buzz was going to go. Helium. But then you can't see helium. I mean, you can see whiffs of helium in certain angles, but that's really dangerous. And technically, I guess the only way you could see it is if you light it on fire, which is also very dangerous. Have you seen the tale of the Phantom Cab? Did you have the same thoughts I did? Did you like the brothers? Did you like Dr. Vink? Did you like seeing an initiation as the first episode? Let me know in the comments below how you felt about the episode. Um, the next episode of this podcast will be on Betty Ann's first story that we hear, the tale of Laughing in the Dark. Laughing in the Dark is actually one of my favorite episodes because I found it incredibly creepy. To give you a basic rundown of laughing in the dark. It's about a clown named Zebo and a kid named Josh who decides on a dare to steal the clown's nose. Now the clown is an animatronic, or is it? Because there's a legend behind Zebo, and this is actually where Zebo makes his first appearance in Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I really enjoy how they carry the notion of having Zebo through the entire series, even into the first reboot. And I think there's elements of him in the 2019 Halloween special. So that should be a fun episode for us to take a look at. Anyways, listeners, I'd like to take this opportunity to say that if you know anybody who was involved with the show, as I progress as a podcaster for the blog, specifically for Are You Afraid of the Dark, I would really like um, to be able to interview people who were involved, maybe actors or people behind the scenes who could share really interesting stories with us. So if you have a way of contacting them, let them know this blog exists 
well, this podcast exists and that my blog exists, tell them to take a look. And if they're interested, my email is in the description of the blog. And with that being said, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. As always, I appreciate you all taking the journey down memory lane with me. I can only improve this podcast with feedback, so if you could all head over to the blog, drop me a like, and leave me a comment, I can then tweak this to something everybody can enjoy. Now, this podcast's main focus will remain to be Are You Afraid of the Dark? But I also love Power Rangers, so I think once I hit the midpoint of Season 1, which would be about Episode 6, I might take a break for a week and a half and uh, talk about my love of Power Rangers. And, you know, I have some ideas floating around for stuff that I could do that would be very fun and interesting. Maybe reach out to people for interviews. Who knows? Um, If you want to get a hold of me, my social media links are really easy to find. You can find me on Twitter at M-O-I-R-A underscore 32984. I'm also on Instagram if you want to see photos of my everyday life. Just search for A, it's that Mora. Again, that is E-H underscore I-T-S underscore T-H-A-T underscore M-O-I-R-A on Instagram. And so now that I have all the social media links and after the next podcast, we'll have hit the month of October. I have a couple ideas for the month of October. Um, Maybe one of the podcasts will be what I would use as my initiation stories. I have three short stories in mind of what I would tell. They aren't complete stories yet, so they would be really short, and that's why I would give you three options. And then I think it would be fun to have you listeners vote on which story you think is the most interesting, and that one I can develop over time of the podcast with season one ending, not the Are You Afraid of the Dark season, but the season one of the podcast ending with me finally telling you the complete story of the tale that I would tell as my initiation story. So that's something that's coming up. I also want this podcast to be interactive. So if you want to tell an initiation story as part of our Midnight Society of listeners, send it to me. I am more than happy to read any story you send me to put on air because this is a platform for everybody. Just make sure that it has minimal cursing and it's appropriate. That's all I ask. And now that I have that stuff out of the way, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this podcast, The Tale of More is Afraid of the Dark, but not really, episode two, over. Thank you, and remember to socially distance, wash your hands, and wear a face mask.